and we're live. Welcome to the Investor's Center. The Investor's Side is your investor's guide to health, wealth, and happiness. Hosted every Sunday by yours truly, Dan Scarabini. The upcoming podcast is not strictly financial advice. I would always advise each and every one of you to do your own research before putting your capital at risk. Hi guys, welcome back to the investor's side and welcome back to series one of our podcast, The Cryptocurrency Revolution. In today's podcast, we'll be talking about DeFi, which is commonly known as decentralized finance. DeFi is a short abbreviation for decentralized finance. In our lifetime, we've only relied on a centralized authority to take care of our money, process our payments and create the financial rules. And this is a real thing, guys. In our current system, the traditional system, the government and banks control all of our money. They deny that they do. However, they can print more of it. They change your borrowing rates, the interest rates, and they can even close down your bank account if they wanted to. In my opinion, whoever has the money has the control of the money. So if the banks have your money, they have the power over your finances and they can lend out your money and borrow against it. Whereas decentralized finance allows us as the individuals to have power and control over our own finances. Traditional finance is also very expensive. Loans cost a lot, credit cards cost a lot, and people are paying these rates as they're forced to. They have no choice. They're forced to borrow money in a high debt society. And this has been going on due to inflation and the debasement of our currency since the Federal Reserve come into play in the year 1913. In comes DeFi. Decentralized finance is a financial system without a bank or central authority. It's run by a coding program on the blockchain. Every transaction and everyone's ownership of their digital assets are stated clearly on the blockchain for everyone to see. Therefore, you can check the legitimacy of your transactions and they cannot be hacked whatsoever. Another benefit of DeFi is that the transaction fees and costs are extremely lower than the cost it'd be for a bank transaction. So DeFi, in a nutshell, is a banking system without the need for a bank to process transactions. It's mainly made up of cryptography, blockchain, and smart contracts. Cryptography is the art of writing and solving codes on the system. Blockchain is best described as a spreadsheet which stores and records ownership and transactions it automatically updates on the network as a transaction is made. And smart contracts are self-executing contracts on the blockchain without a middleman. There are five main aspects to the world of DeFi, and the first one is stablecoins. Stablecoins are cryptocurrencies that have a stable price. It's given away in the name, right? They can be purchased on cryptocurrency exchanges just like any other coin. Some of the most popular stablecoins are USDT, which is Tether, USDC, which is US dollar coin, and BUSD, which is Binance coin. All three of these have one thing in common. The price of one of these tokens equals $1 at all times. The price will never change. It's pegged to the dollar. A large benefit of stablecoins is that they provide a safe way for the mainstream adoption of cryptocurrency, as a lot of people and investors are put off of the price fluctuations in cryptocurrency projects. They're deemed very risky for the average person and stablecoins eliminate that risk. An example of how a stablecoin can be used is, let's say you've made a profit from something like Ethereum. So a coin that's gone up in value, you want to take some profit out. You can simply transfer your Ethereum on the exchange into a stablecoin. 
instead of going through the long process of converting your Ethereum to a stablecoin and then sending it to your bank account. You can simply hold it as a stablecoin on the exchange. The fees for converting a cryptocurrency into a stablecoin is less than 1% as you're using a decentralized exchange to trade it. So it's very beneficial to keep crypto profits into stablecoins instead of going through the banking system where you'd have to pay capital gains tax. In the United States, every transaction over $10,000 needs to be approved and vetted by the bank. However, when you're using stablecoins, you can send millions of pounds and dollars from one address to another for only a $5 fee and no one will blink an eye, literally, guys. So these low fees and financial independence is what's led many people to stop using traditional banks altogether. Many investors are also staking their stablecoins to earn better returns on interest than what the banks are offering. And when I say better returns, I'm not saying by 1%, I'm saying from 5% upwards. So that is stablecoins. The second pillar to DeFi is lending and borrowing. Our current banking system relies heavily on lending and borrowing. And the majority of people have credit cards, loans, overdrafts and mortgages, which all result in having to borrow money from the bank. And I'd say that our banking system today, they deal with borrowing and lending quite well. So a huge positive of the banks today is that if someone pays only a 20% deposit on a property and tries to get away without paying the rest, they will be consequences that the banks will put in place and people will be coming after them. With DeFi, this could be an issue which is looking to be resolved. Due to its peer-to-peer, -peer, so person-to-person -person structure on the blockchain, someone could put down a 20% deposit to receive a loan and could potentially run away with the rest of it. But there are many developers working on solving this and a few things that are showing early signs of promise. And the fact that DeFi doesn't have all the answers shows how early we are in the days of DeFi. So it's definitely a good time to get invested, I'd say. And another promising positive function of DeFi is their usage of smart contracts. So through these smart contracts, people are allowed to lend their cryptocurrency to others and still have custody and ownership over the coins. For example, person A wants to earn interest on their coin, and person B wants some coins. Therefore, person A will go to a decentralized borrowing and lending application. The two most popular at the moment are Compound and Aave. So from here, person A has lent his or her coins to another user, and is earning interest on their coins. Passive income is being made. Any time that person A wants their coins back, they can request them back and the blockchain will give them their tokens back with the interest earned. So person B, who has borrowed the coins, must over-collateralize their loan. This means if they want to borrow £100 of a specific coin, they'd have to put down £120 to cover the initial borrowing plus interest to be paid to person A. So person B is paying extra to borrow coins, which will imburse person A for lending the coins. You might ask, why would someone take a loan if they already have the money? However, with the cryptocurrencies, person B will be taking a loan in the hope that the value of the cryptocurrency increases. Therefore, they can borrow cryptocurrencies against stable coins or from someone else and skim the profits. This whole borrowing and lending system is run automatically on code via smart contracts. The third pillar to DeFi is decentralized exchanges. So when you go to a traditional currency exchange 
to change your euros into dollars, you can be charged up to 15%. That would be your conversion charge. Foreign exchange traders take advantage of tourists, so charge them high rates for converting their currency. And I've been a victim of this on a few occasions, especially at the airport, they literally take an arm and a leg from you. So what decentralized exchanges are here for is to solve this issue. You can go onto applications such as Uniswap and SushiSwap to convert your cryptocurrency into another cryptocurrency instantly. The fees for doing so are very low and in most cases are under 1%. And as the fees are written in code on the blockchain, they can't ever be increased to something crazy like 15%. So by using these decentralized exchanges, you're saving yourself time as it's completed instantly on an app and you're saving yourself money due to the low transaction fees. It's a win-win situation. Another benefit to decentralized exchanges is that they have access to many more coins than your centralized exchanges. So Coinbase, Binance and Kraken, they're your common cryptocurrency exchanges and they don't have access to all of the coins. This is due to centralized exchanges having to be regulated by the government. Uniswap is the largest decentralized exchange which gives us access to over 1,000 cryptocurrency tokens instantly. Uniswap's monthly transactions volumes went from $169 million in April 2020 up to over $15 billion in September 2020. This is a 100x. So essentially, the usage of Uniswap in the space of a few months in 2020 went up 100 times. If this doesn't show you that DeFi is here to stay for the future, then I don't know what, what else will tell you guys. And there have been many times in my experience where I use exchanges like Kraken, Binance, Crypto.com and Coinbase to buy my Bitcoin and Ethereum and all of my basic tokens like my Cardanos, etc. But when I want to buy a new coin that's on the market or if I want to take more of a risk and get a lower cap coin, the only place I can do that is on Uniswap or another decentralized exchange. And I've had to use Uniswap many times and it's helped me very well. Pillar four of DeFi is insurance. So with DeFi, the insurance company is run by code. So essentially, instead of a third party insurance company that you'd normally deal with in a traditional world, they deal with your contracts and claims. This is now done by smart contracts. The smart contracts put rules in place to cover you on insurance. So it's essentially taking out the middleman, the insurance company. The smart contracts gain information from the outside world through oracles, which act as a bridge between the real world events and the blockchain. Chainlink is the market leader in the oracle space. From here, validators will confirm if the information is correct and the smart contracts will use the oracle as a data source to confirm or deny whether the insurance requirements are met or not. The final pillar to DeFi is something known as margin trading. In the traditional market, if you wanted to buy a stock for £1,000 and needed a loan to do so, you would go to the bank and make an agreement with them to take out the loan. For example, you'd have to put down a £200 deposit and pay them 5% interest per year. In this scenario, if the stock went up to £1,500 and you sold it, you would then have to pay the bank back only £800 as you already put down a £200 deposit. If you do the maths, that's £1,500 profit from the stock 
minus the 800 pounds that you owe the bank equals 700 pounds profit for yourself. So therefore, you've made 700 pound profit from a 200 pound deposit investment. You would have more than tripled your money, even though the stock only went up 50%. That is the power of margin. It is useful when you are certain that something will go up in value. I can't say that I've done it myself, as I have capital to play with, but it can be used and people do use margin to maximise their profits. If the stock was to go down in value with margin trading, then you'd automatically be stopped out of the trade before you couldn't pay your deposit back. So if the stock starts at £1,000 and you borrowed £800 from the bank, the bank would force you to sell the stock once it went down to £800. This is how margin trading works in the real world today. In centralised finance, the way it is today, you need proof of ID, proof of earnings and proof of capital. In decentralised finance, it's a lot easier to execute margin trading. It's a quicker process, less security checks as a loan is run on code and the rules are run on code, which cannot be reversed or avoided. So there you have it. They are your five pillars to DeFi. What I'm going to go into now is what a few people have messaged me about. And we've got into it briefly in our last few podcasts. So I'd like to go into depth with staking. We've mentioned it briefly, but today we're diving into this deep. Staking is where investors lock their cryptocurrency into the network to earn a reward on their cryptocurrencies. Around $200 billion of cryptocurrency is currently being staked at the time of this recording. Staking is essentially allowed crypto investors to earn passive income from the market. The average millionaire normally has seven streams of income and the majority of these are passive. Therefore, guys, in my opinion, if you're in crypto for the long term, I'd advise holders to stake some of their holdings in projects that they really believe in. Investors get rewarded from an annual percentage yield where they get paid in the token that they're staking. For example, if I've been staking Cardano and earning 5% interest on this annually for staking, I'll get paid 5% extra in Cardano. The best places to stake your cryptos are on Celsius, BlockFi, Kraken, Crypto.com, Binance, KuCoin, Bitfinex and Atomic Wallet. These are some of the most popular applications where you can stake the cryptocurrency of your choice. When your cryptos are staked, you're unable to trade, send, sell or use these coins until a certain period of time has passed. For example, in my real life, I staked the coin called Zilliqa on the Atomic Wallet app. I'd been earning rewards for doing so and wanted to eventually sell all my holdings. To unlock my coins, it took me 15 days, and from there, I was finally allowed to sell it. So one downfall to staking is that you can't take your money straight out once your coins hit a target in price. So only do this for coins that you'd like to hold long-term, coins that you believe in, that you'd like to earn interest on. The longer you keep your crypto staked for, the more you get rewarded over time. Before staking, you want to research the reward duration of your network. In some cases, rewards on your stake crypto can take minutes, days, or even weeks. When looking to stake a crypto, you must check their payout time before committing. So your word for the day, guys, if you're staking your cryptocurrency, you're known as a validator. The cryptocurrency Tezos, which is a project, it normally gives validators around a 6% annual yield. Cardano, 
normally rewards validators with around 4 to 5% interest. Matic, which is Polygon, another cryptocurrency, their staking rewards range from 5.2% all the way up to 520% annually, depending on the amount of Matic, which is their token, being staked. The minimum amount of Matic needed to be staked is only one token, and its unlocking period to unstake your tokens is only nine days on the Matic Network web wallet. When staking Matic, make sure you do your research on the validator to make sure they're legitimate. And Ethereum, on average, will reward validators with 4-7% to annual yield. However, to stake your Ethereum, you need a minimum of 32 ETH. For staking all of these projects, the same rule applies. Normally, the more that you stake, the higher your reward. Another thing that's exploded in recent times is staking stablecoins. It's become very popular. These coins have the same value to a dollar, as mentioned earlier, and they're earning investors larger interest rates than what the banks are offering. The current interest rate for holding your money in the UK is 0.25%, a quarter of 1%. With inflation being close at 6% in the UK this year, you would have lost wealth by keeping all of your money in the bank. This has led to more people getting involved in staking stablecoins. On the exchange, Crypto.com, for example, which you can download on your phone as an app, you can stake the below stablecoins. USD coin, you earn 6% for staking this one month. So you have a 6% return in a month interest. If you've done this for three months, your staking interest would be 10%. As for Tether, which is another stablecoin, it's the exact same. 6% for one month interest or 10% for three months staking interest. And the same applies for stable coins. The interest goes up in value for the more that you stake. On crypto.com, $400 or less gives you 6% for one month rewards. However, if you have $4,000 plus staked, then it goes up by an extra 2% for the month. To put this into perspective, if you had over $40,000 staked into USD coin on crypto.com for three months, you'd receive a 14% interest rate. That is mind-blowing. And staking on Crypto.com cannot be hacked as you're lending these coins to Crypto.com themselves and locking it into their system. As stable coins are stable, you do not have to worry about the price fluctuating. However, staking stable coins does pose some risks. For example, say that you're staking Tether on Crypto.com and Tether gets seized by the SEC in a court case. If Tether was to collapse, then you would lose all of your investment, and because it's staked and locked into the network, you may not have enough time to cash out. In China alone, the usage of Tether has soared to record highs, and due to China cracking down on cryptocurrencies this year, it wouldn't surprise me if they cracked down on stablecoins, which could impact Tether quite heavily. But it is virtually impossible to ban crypto and stablecoins, as it's on a decentralised network. So China banning stablecoins may hit them short-term, but it shouldn't really have a huge impact long-term as they ban everything. China in the past have banned YouTube, Facebook and Twitter. They have a habit of banning innovation. Another risk is that stablecoins have grown five times in value in 2021 alone. And due to this, they've caught the attention of the SEC and the central banks. It can be argued that DeFi and stablecoins are direct competitors with the banks. So in the near to midterm, I believe there'll be some court cases and regulations put into place. Imagine if everyone took their money out of the bank to put them into stablecoins. The banks would run out of money 
and it would result in a crisis. The central banks need to protect themselves from direct competitors and could very much do so. We saw the banks guys collapse in 2008 due to a lack of capital as people were overly invested into property and other assets. Today, everyone that I talk to is invested into crypto and interest rates are at all-time lows and inflation keeps surging. These are three reasons why less people are inclined to hold money in the bank. And just to give you a picture on what's going on in the banking system right now, so the banks, they're going to try to increase interest rates and tighten on their money printing short to midterm. But this is only going to end up in huge market crashes. And the higher the interest rates go, the bigger the crash. It will make it harder for the banks to pay off their all-time high debts from printing money. The only way out long-term for the central bank is to print more money to bail out the banks when they run out of capital, as we saw in 2008. And this will continue to debase our currency, savers will get poor, and investors will get rich. This system that we're in now, guys, is destined to fail. I'm not saying it's going to happen in a year, I'm not saying two years, but the higher they put the interest rates, the higher all of this crashes, and the harder it all crashes, the more faith people lose in our central banks. And when this faith is lost, they will turn to innovation. And DeFi is innovation. In my opinion, DeFi is here to stay. But anyway, enough of the doom and gloom. Sometimes you've got to look at the risks of investing. As great as I think DeFi is, of course there are risks. It's always a risk when you put your capital at risk. And it's such early days. There may be new projects that come in that take over. But all we can do is use the knowledge that we know, realise it's early stages and make bold, calculated moves. On a more positive note, Visa announced that they're going to support transactions on USDC. And the vice chairman of the Federal Reserve said that we should be saying yes to stablecoins instead of fearing them. In the past, innovation always tries to get halted. The rail lines tried regulating the automobile, failed. The churches tried regulating the printing press, failed long term. Short term, there'll be bumps on the ride, but long term, innovation always wins. There'll be winners and losers in DeFi, and it's your job as an investor to manage risk and invest with a long-term mindset. And more importantly of all, guys, do your research. Before we wrap up, guys, I just want to give you a basic understanding of which tokens are DeFi. So you can invest into Uniswap. Its current price is around $15. Its all-time high this year was $45. So there could be money to be made there. Chainlink, current price $20. All-time high at $53. Aave, current price $189. All-time high $667. Synthetics, another project, $5.25 currently. All-time high $29. And final example, Compound. Compound's current price is $203. And its all-time high this year was $911. Since the May crash, the crypto crash, where the prices went down this May, DeFi hasn't really made a full recovery. These tokens haven't really gone anywhere near their all-time highs. So that's why I think DeFi is currently undervalued, these projects. Although it's early days, I think the projects are undervalued. I think recently it's been all about NFTs and the metaverse, which I'll be talking about next week and the week after, which they're my two favourite things to talk about. And they're very popular, and I think you guys will love it. But... DeFi is undervalued, guys. You might not all be into finance, and that's fine, but you need to understand there's an opportunity here to make serious gains in the coming years. 
Get on the investor side, leave the observer's side. If you're scared or don't have time to research the winners and losers in the space and you wouldn't know where to start, the safest bet you can do is invest into Ethereum and other layer one protocols. Most of DeFi is built on the Ethereum network and the applications which aren't are built on Solana, Polkadot, Cardano, Avalanche, Luna and others. So as the adoption of DeFi grows, so will the usage and price of layer one protocols such as Ethereum. They're your safe bets. As everything grows, Ethereum grows. So to summarize today's podcast, passive income and rewards will grow the popularity of DeFi. Our banking system is becoming weaker due to high debt, inflation, lockdown, furlough, stimulus, and low interest rates. DeFi, on the other hand, is a debt-free system, high interest rates, and most tokens have a fixed supply, so can't be inflated. The total value of money locked into DeFi went from $800 million in April 2020 up to $10 billion in September 2020. And in the long term, it's only expected to accelerate. So thanks for listening to this podcast today, guys, on DeFi. Any questions, DM me at the investor side on Instagram. And next week, we're going to be talking about NFTs in depth. We'll begin simple and we'll go into how this is going to revolutionize our whole world and whole system. And you guys are going to love it. So stay tuned. God bless. Peace out.